Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. Well, I want you to turn with me quickly this morning to Psalm 103. I want to share just a couple of things with you. Just want to kind of give you a bouquet of blessings this morning and and um, Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and say this with me, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. You know, it's, it's easy to forget things. I, I, I do it all the time, especially now that I'm getting older. Um, there, there was a story that was shared on the internet about a middle-aged gentleman, and, and uh, just we'll just call him Wilbur. I like Wilbur. You know, I, I liked Mr. Ed. You know, Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed would always call Wilbur. <laughs> but Wilbur found himself having more and more trouble with his memory, and he had moved into a new home, and he decided to take on the job of landscaping his own lawn, sort of a do-it-yourself project. And the neighbors noticed and that uh, he had planted all these trees, and they were just raving about it. And he spent an incredible amount of time, though, researching various species and learning all about the growth patterns, the autumnal coloration, the likelihood of insect infestation, and, and all of these things, disease susceptibility and the like. And Wilbur knew the Latin names of all the trees like the back of his hand. I mean, he studied them. And neighbors would ask... Wilbur just simply couldn't recall the information. Anybody here like that? I mean, you read the Bible and you know, well, I know it's in there, but I just can't remember it. Anybody have that problem? Then, then Wilbur, he created these, these berms on, and he, and he, to locate his plant zone that were native to the area. And, and again, he started pouring himself into his research, and he selected just the right plants, the plants that require minimal care, and, you know, would give the accents of the color for the lawn year-round, and multiple floral bouquets for his dinner table throughout the spring and summer. And again, the neighbors raved about all the results, and they asked inevitable questions about the genius and the, and the species. And again, Wilbur found himself tongue-tied, despite the hours he had spent researching the notes he had taken. Just couldn't remember. When it came time to add the finishing touches to his masterpiece, Wilbur went to the nursery. He brought home a number of plants with little blue flowers. And this time, Wilbur decided to take extra precautions against his, his poorest memories. He filled the flower boxes in the front of his new home. He spoke the names of the plants over and over again and again. And he vowed to be ready when his neighbors asked him that inevitable question, what kind of flower is it? Lying in bed that night, he was nearly dozing off, and he decided to review one last time what it was that he had planted that day. But then his eyes just popped wide open. He couldn't remember. Anybody ever have that problem? There, there's a name or something, and you just, you just can't remember it. I had that. We were talking the other day, and I was trying to recall somebody's name. I just could not remember it. As soon as they got out of the car, then I remembered their name. It's terrible. But he just couldn't remember. He sat up in bed and he, he was holding his temples between his hands. And what were those flowers named? It was no use. Wilbur got up. He put on his slippers. He grabbed the flashlight. He unlocked the front door and he knelt beside the flower boxes. 
He pawed through his new plants until he found one of those little plastic tabs. You know what I'm talking about? They, they put on the plants at the nursery to label the flowers. And he shined his flashlight on it, and it read, Forget-me-nots. Forget-me-nots. Are you that, that forgetful? I, I, I am sometimes. Like I, like I said, it's, it's kind of like these two old gentlemen were having a conversation one evening, and, and uh, they were talking about places that they had eaten. And one of the guys was like, you know, says, my wife and I ate this place the other night. He said, it was really, really good. He said, you ought to try it. He said, well, what's the name of it? He says, um, what, are, what are those flowers that have the red petals on them? They got thorns. Ro- oh, Ro- that's it. Rose, hey Rose, what was the name of that restaurant we ate at the other night? We have a tendency to forget sometimes, don't we? It, it just happens. You know, King David wrote these words in Psalm 103, forget not his benefits, a thousand years before Christ was born. A thousand years. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I, I, I sometimes want to have a benefit. I just, I just begin to think about all that God has done. And I get excited just thinking about all the benefits of the Lord. And, and, and he insists, David says, forget not. Don't forget. I mean, we forget sometimes all the things that God does for us. I mean, I, I told someone the other day at the grocery store, I don't have bad days anymore. I just don't. Some days are better than others. But I, don't, I refuse to have a bad day. Why? Because if I get up in the morning and I take my first breath, that's a benefit. I've been breathing all night long. I just didn't realize it. You know, and I get up and I, I step out on the floor. That's a benefit. I can walk to the closet and put on clothes that the Lord has provided for me. That's a benefit. I can go into the kitchen and I can go to the refrigerator and I can open that cold refrigerator in a warm house. That's a benefit. And I don't want to forget those things. God is so generous and so gracious to us. We forget so many times the things that God has given to us. We just take them for granted, don't we? We get into a car, we drive down the street, we complain about our car. You know, I wish I had one like they got. You know, I, I saw one the other day, and, and as a matter of fact, it was this morning, Nathan and I had stopped by the donut shop, and we drove up, and I said, I looked at this little car sitting there, I said, what happened to the rest of that car? I believe they made another one out of it. I think it was called a smart car or something like that. But, you know, we have a tendency to forget those things. The list of benefits that God gives us goes on and on and on and on and on and on, and, and surely we wouldn't forget those things, would we? But we do. We take all of this and so much more for granted, even complaining about things that disrupt our plans or our comfort, even momentarily. I mean, how many of y'all have ever got upset when the electricity goes off? I mean, here you are sitting there, you're watching your favorite TV show, and all of a sudden, boop. It's like, man, can't they do something about this? I mean, why does they have to stop the electricity? In the middle of my show, we forget. We take everything for granted, don't we? But all the benefits we enjoy on a daily basis, nothing compares, compares with the eternal benefit that Jesus accomplished on the cross. David said, forget not all of his benefits. And what was the first benefit? Who forgives all my iniquities, all your iniquities. You know what iniquities are? 
They're not just little sins. I look it up in the Hebrew. It's those, those gross, perverse sins. That means no matter what we have done, it's covered by the blood of Jesus. Sometimes we have a tendency to think that God can only forgive certain things. That somebody's a child molester, they got to go to hell because that's such an evil, perverse thing. Or somebody who's a rapist, there's no chance to get into heaven. Or somebody that's a murderer. Well, you think about the Apostle Paul. He, he committed those perverse sins, those iniquities. I'm reminded of the woman that, that came to Jesus, you know, when Jesus had been invited to a Pharisee's home. I believe his name was Simon in Luke chapter 7. And, and this guy, you know, he invites Jesus to come and eat with him. And Jesus comes, and, and, he, and he comes in, and, and they're sitting there, and they're kind of reclining. You know, they didn't have tables and chairs like we got. They kind of laid on the floor and kind of elbowed out, you know. Jesus is laying there. They're having this conversation, and I don't know what they were eating. Maybe some matzah or something, you know. Or, and, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus notices there's this woman down at his feet. And she's just weeping, weeping and tears just falling on his feet. And she's taking her hair and she's kissing his feet and and wiping his feet with her hair. And Jesus just kind of looks down at her and smiles and goes about his business. And, And Simon says in his heart, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't allow her to do that. Don't he know? She's one of those who've committed iniquity. She was a woman who had a reputation. She was probably a prostitute, which was the lowest of the low. She was a woman who made her living by selling her body. Jesus, and, and Simon says, you know, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he would not even allow her in the house, let alone touch his feet. And Jesus turned around to Simon and he says, I got a question for you. There was a man, and he had two debtors, and one owed him 500 denarii, and one owed him 50 denarii, and he forgave both of them their debt. Now, which one of those do you think would love him the most? And Simon says, well, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most, the 500 denarii. And Jesus said, you've guessed right, Simon. You see, ever since I came into your house, I walked in, nobody washed my feet. Nobody greeted me with a kiss. But this woman, ever since I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet and, and, and washing my feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair. Iniquity. Iniquity. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities. Everybody say all. all. And we talked about that a little bit earlier this morning in Sunday school, that word all. All. I love that word. It's a little Greek word. Pas. P-A-S. You know what it means? All. It means everything. There's no stain that the blood of Jesus cannot wipe away. 
The thing about the blood of Jesus is it doesn't just do a cover-up job. It cleanses us. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. He removes all of our iniquities from us. And it says in verse 6 that he takes our iniquities and he separates them from us as far as the east is from the west. I love it. He doesn't remember our sins against us anymore. He forgives, and that word forgive means that he no longer holds it to our account. In other words, no matter what you have done in life, when you plead the blood of Jesus and you ask God for his forgiveness and he grants it, it is no longer applicable to anything in your life. You have a brand new page. When he was talking about being born again, that's exactly what it means. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities. And then, in verse 3, it says that he heals, everybody say it with me, all your diseases. Well, you know, I don't know if you should pray for that person. You know, they got cancer in the last stages. Now, if you'd have called it early enough, you could pray and they'd probably get healed. That's the way we think. I remember one time being at a, at a, at a youth meeting and I was asked to preach at this, this, it was like a sectional youth meeting when I was with a denomination and all these churches would come together and we would have a youth, you know, we would have this like a youth rally and I was asked to preach and as I was preaching there was this young man that came up and he knelt at the altar as we had opened up the altars for prayer and I went down to pray with him and he had cerebral palsy and I began to pray and ask God to heal him and the pastor of the church comes up and says don't pray for him we've already prayed for him we've already prayed for him and it was like and the pastor's like I don't want him to get his hopes up well I'm here to tell you that there's no disease that Jesus hasn't cured already Hepatitis C is one of those diseases that they say is incurable. Until recently, they come up with drugs that they say can knock it out. But Jesus knocked mine out a long time ago at Calvary. 2,000 years ago. And I asked the question that one time when I was praying and I was asking God for my healing. And I was like, Lord, when are you going to heal me? It's like the Lord says, I already did. He was. Everybody say was. Now, what does was mean? It is past tense, right? He was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes you are healed you are first peter 2:24 says who himself bore come on now what does that bore mean Past tense, it's already done. He already took care of it. He carried it away. He bore our sins on Calvary. That we being dead to sins might live under righteousness. But he didn't stop there. And by his stripes you were. Now were is past tense. You were healed. So it's already been done. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits. And there's one 
verse of scripture in the Psalms says that he daily loads us with benefits. God has given you a bouquet of benefits. Today's Mother's Day. I don't want us to ever forget what our moms have done for us. The benefits that God has given through them to us. We appreciate that so much. But ladies, I want you to remember the benefits that God has given you. God has given you on a daily basis. Remember, remember, don't forget his benefits. Forget-me-nots. Just load up your bouquet with forget-me-nots. I will always remember what God has done for me. The benefits of the Lord never stop, and we're living in his divine favor like a bouquet of blessings that he wants to present to you. So please accept that, the blessings of God and the favor of God that is upon your life. Listen, Jesus came to proclaim the favor of the Lord. That's what he said he was anointed for in Luke chapter 4. And you and I live in his divine favor as his children. Who do we favor the most? I love everybody. But I love my kids. I'm sorry. I love your kids. But if I had to choose, I would choose the, my own. And that's the way God is with us. And when we're born again, we're born into the family of God. He favors you. I can't help it, but I'm his favorite child. I, I mean, you may feel differently. But I know that God's favor is on my life. Why do I know that? Because I'm his kid. I'm his child. I'm his favored son. And that's a benefit. That is a benefit. Listen, when the Bible talks about sonship, it is gender neutral. It has nothing to do with your gender. It has to do you with, with your relationship with the Father. Ladies, you are sons of the Most High God also, as well. You see, because in heaven there is no male or female. Wow. So how are we going to populate heaven when God's doing it right now? By allowing people to be born again. Become babes in Christ and we grow up in Him. God is doing it right now. So the next question is, to enjoy the benefits and the favor of God, how do you do it? Well, here's how you do it. You must be born again. You must become a child of God. How do I become a child of God? You must experience a spiritual birth. Jesus said that which is flesh is flesh and that which is spirit is spirit. You were born the first time of flesh and blood. We're born the second time of the spirit of God. You see, when Jesus was born, he was born of a woman, but he was born by the spirit of God that was put into Mary when she became pregnant with Jesus. It was the spirit of God that did it. We are born again in the same way that the Spirit of God touches our spirit. Our spirit is made alive. If you've never experienced that, then today is your day to experience the new birth. How do we do that? It's easy. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. Believe. How do we believe? Well, believe what God's Word says about you. The Bible says that if with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
that's exactly how it happens when we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved that's how it happens we believe in our heart and we confess it with our mouth confession is made unto salvation what is confession? confession is saying the same thing that God says that's all confessing that the blood of Jesus was sufficient confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Confessing that your sins have separated you from God. Repenting of your sins and turning to Him in childlike faith and accepting what He has for you. That's exactly how it happens. So next question is, are you ready to make that next step? Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of His benefits. You want to partake of His benefits today? That's how you do it. Nothing magic about it. But there is something spiritual. You must be born again. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.